0: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the Argyle Chat podcast. This is uh, Chris Errington, and um, today I'm very fortunate to have a special guest in the shape of former Argyle defender Andy Jock Morrison. Now, Andy was born in Inverness but brought up in Plymouth, started his career at Argyle, and Went on to have success with them before playing for a number of clubs later in his career, including Manchester City, for whom he was the captain. And uh, now he is the manager of the Welsh Premier League side, Connors Key Nomads. And uh, we'll have a chat with Andy in a, a few moments about uh, all things to do with Argyle, Manchester City, Connors Key Nomads, managing in Euro- Europa League ties. and he has got a fascinating story to tell, so... Um, Really good to catch up with him. But first of all, we should look back um, to Argyle's game against Charlton Athletic on Saturday. A 2-0 defeat and um, it leaves Argyle clearly um, still in the thick of the relegation fight in League 1. Four points clear of the relegation zone with five games to play. So it is a bit close for comfort. Looking at that Charlton game... Uh, you consider that Charlton are fifth in the table and been on an excellent run of form. I thought in the first half, Argyle were uh, the better side and, and you know caused Charlton lots of problems. The problem with Argyle all season, and it, it flares up every now and then, is their inability to take the chances that they create. And it does prove costly, and it, it was on Saturday against Charlton. Obviously, the, the main one that we, we talk about when... You, you refer to not taking chances as the penalty that Graham Carey had in the 38th minute. It was nil-nil. Carey normally goes, um, you know, for the corners. Quite often he aims quite high up as well. You know, goes to the top corner of the net. On this occasion, he went down the middle, um, which was unusual for him. Uh, I think you have to give credit to the Charlton keeper Dylan Phillips. Lots of goalkeepers seem to be doing uh, what he did at penalties now. And when they dive, they make sure that they flip their legs out and uh, make their body as wide a target as possible to try and get any sort of block on the ball. It paid off for him. I, you know, I remember Jordan Pitford for England in the World Cup penalty shootout against Colombia, the same sort of penalty where the hands are diving one way, but they can still use the legs to make the save. And um, and that's what he did. And then Argyle hit by the sucker punch just a couple of minutes later with a, you know, a cross coming in. The, the cross came in far too easily. And uh, Lyle Taylor and you know Argyle and the fans know all about his goal-scoring threat. You know, a, a relatively three-header from six yards out, he's not going to miss that. If Argyle could have maybe regrouped at the start of the second half, it could have been a different story. But, you know, the 40, 47th minute, the 2-0 down, uh, another goal which uh, Argyle should have defended better. Uh, some good play from Johnny Williams, an excellent run down the left for Charlton. But again, he's got the ball into the box and uh Edwards and canavan are both in and, and Macy are all in and around it, but somehow the ball's uh gone in off uh Eaglegor kaley possibly off uh Niall canavan as well we we weren't quite sure whether to award that to Vetter-Kaley or as an own goal um so there's a a bit of a debate about uh how to credit that goal, but it was two 0 and you have to say after that, Argyle huffed and puffed, but they never really looked like they were going to get back into the game and uh it uh Fizzled out really into a comfortable 2 0 win for Charlton. I thought Charlton were good only after they took the lead. Um, for that first you know, 40 minutes, Argyle were, were the better side, but uh, they're at the stage of the season now where they need to um, to be picking up some results and, and wins. So uh, we'll see how the, the week shapes up this week. Obviously, Argyle are at Doncaster on Saturday, so that's another difficult test for them. Doncaster six in the table. They're on a good run of form, they're strong at home, so um, that's going to be a tough game, but uh, we can uh, discuss that on the Plymouth Live website and uh, with some uh, video content that we'll do later on in the week. Um, So, like I say, I think now's a good time to have a chat with with Andy Morrison, and uh, we can catch up with with what he's been up to, so um, I hope you enjoy this interview. Well on Argyle Chat this week I'm delighted to be joined by former Argyle defender and uh, a man of many uh, talents during his fo- football career Andy Morrison Andy thank you very much for joining the podcast this week Pleasure um, Great to have you on board um, First of all you know you, you grew up in Plymouth you started your career at, uh, at Argyle do, do you still sort of keep an eye on what's going on at home park? Yeah of
1: course you know it's always That and um, I always take a keen interest
0: in how them are still doing. Uh, and you're taking your first, or you're, you're in management at the moment, I should say, with um, Connors Key Nomads, who are in the Welsh Premier League, and, and you're having a good season. I wondered if you could just tell the uh, the listeners about uh, how you've been getting on this season.
1: Yeah, we've had uh, we've had a successful season, and you know we've done well since since I went in there three years ago. When you know we've had back to back. Three campaigns in Europe, um, and you know we qualified for Europe again this year, and we've done well in a couple of cup competitions. So we're in the, the Welsh Cup final, we're the holders of the Welsh Cup, and um, we did really well in the Scottish Challenge Cup, where the, the top two teams get invited in from Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland, and from Wales um, to compete in it. And um, you know we managed to get to the final and played St. Ross County, who was uh, obviously
0: Derek Adams' old team. Yes. Yes, I was going to ask you about that one. I mean, uh, st- slightly, slightly strange for a, for a team from Wales to be in the Scottish Challenge Cup final. You know, what what was that experience like? It was played up at uh, Inverness Stadium, which is your um, hometown, of course. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. You know, we did it last year, and
1: we we, we were beat by Dunbarton in, in, in uh, extra time and the last kick of the game, and they got to the final. So we always felt we could compete. Um, you know, when we've um, we had some. Tough games along the way. Falkirk away, you know, an established championship team, and then we went to Hampden Park, which was a fantastic evening. we would be Edinburgh City, it would be Coleraine from Northern Ireland. So, you know, it culminated in um, in a game in Inverness, obviously where I was born. So, it was a it was a fantastic uh, occasion, and uh, we just come up short. We were we were winning for seventy five minutes, and then uh, I just think you know, the fitness levels and the, the quality that Ross County had, who, who will be a Premiership team next year, you know, they'll be playing at Ibrox and. Celtic, so that was the calibre team we were up against.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Ross County for, for, for listeners that don't know obviously Derek Adams, former side, as you rightly say, Andy, and they're top of the Scottish Championship and, and look fairly well clear of second place Dundee United. So, you know, as you say, they'll be in the Scottish Premiership um, next season. You know, your your team, Andy, part time players? We've got um, about
1: 11 full time players. Okay. Now, which we try, We've been, you know, it's been going through a transition now for a Eighteen months trying to go full time, and it's, uh, it's it's not an easy process to 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 maintain that you know, the standards and win games of football, which we, we have to do, and also you know just changing over um, and trying to you know become a, a full time team. It's it's um, it's not an easy process, and you know we're getting there slowly. And we hopefully you know by the end of next season that will be fully in place.
0: And second in the league at the moment. started quite early didn't it because you were in the Europa League qualifiers I believe
1: that's right it's um, we played at the Welsh Cup final last year I think it was May the 15th and we won that and then we were back on the 1st of uh, June so <laughs> you know you literally it's, it's a 50 week season for us yeah. in, in the Welsh system we obviously when we exit Europe we get the opportunity then to have maybe 10 days
0: And the Europa League, where have you been? Uh, I'm sure you've been to some exotic places in games like that. You've been at Connor's Key since November two thousand and fifteen, Andy. You know how how much have you enjoyed your time at the club? Welsh Cup final you say that's coming up?
1: Yeah May the 5th we played TNS in the Cup final which yeah. uh, obviously we're, we're, we're defending it so um, yeah we're, we're really looking forward to that we've got three big games before that but you know obviously that'll be the, 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 the final game in the
0: season so hopefully we're right on, on a good note. I was trying to think of some any Plymouth Argyle links with the, the Welsh Premier League is is Rhys Griffith still involved?
1: Yes Rhys is um, he's managing that Penny Bond to Okay. Hmm. So, Reese will,
0: will be managing in the Welsh Premier League next year. Yeah, because he had a short spell at Argyle. He gave up his job as a firefighter and uh, had a season with with Argyle yeah, under did. Carl Fletcher, yeah. if I remember rightly, so a few years R- ago. So, yeah. um, But I couldn't think of too many other um, sort of Plymouth Argyle links with the Welsh Premier League. But uh, no, it sounds as though it's going really well. I mean, what's what's the aim for Connors key to sort of become Welsh champions? Is that the next sort of step to make? That, that's the
1: obvious step, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's Ask. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we, like I say, we've had a great season this year, and we've still not been able to to to, to close, you know, close the gap, and get it close enough to actually challenge. You know, we've been there about all season, but you know, they've just come through now. So obviously, that's the um, that's the aim is to is, is to to win the title, and um, you know, we hope to do that
0: within the next two or three years. Now obviously um, the Argyle fans know you well from, from your time down at Home Park um, you know look, looking back on, on your time at Argyle Andy you know, w- what are your thoughts? Just a magical time for me do you know I, I grew up
1: <laughs> result, which it seems surreal really now with um, you know with the internet now and um, you know when it came through and I think it was one nil and Andy Rogers scored you know which got us through to the obviously the semi final so yeah I, you know I grew up watching Plymouth and, um, and then I was fortunate enough to to get an apprenticeship and you know you need a you need a lot of luck in life and I, I was very fortunate to have.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned some good players' names from the past there. Kevin Hodges, of course, is the Argyle Academy manager at the moment, so he's still passing on wisdom to, to young players all these years later. So it's important for any player coming through the ranks to have people can, they can talk to and, and you know take advice from, isn't it?
1: You know, Malcolm Musgrove was the who was was our coach, and Martin Harvey and Dave Smith, just really really good people who um you know who who gave a guiding light at a time. you know when 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 you're young and you need direction, and you know, like I say, very fortunate to have so many good people around the place at that time.
0: And you know, just from hearing you talk about the 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 quarterfinal against Derby, and you were a fan. You know, what was it like for you then to? to find yourself playing in the first team for for effectively your hometown club i know you were born in Inverness but you know i think plymouth was almost your home in lots of ways wasn't it what was what was that like yeah it was- Dave Smith, I I know a little bit, Um, you know, I've met him over the years and, uh, you know, what a character Andy, I mean, what what was he like to play for?
1: He was a fabulous man, you know, he still is, Mm. he's still going strong.
0: I've had a few questions, uh, Andy, for you from from our listeners. Um, Steve Ramsey's a, a regular listener, and he says, "What's what's Andy's special memory of his time at Argyle?" Richard Sloman again a, a regular listener said um, who was your toughest opponent? Um,
1: my toughest opponent? Probably Tommy Tynan in training. <laughs> I like. Yes. Oh,
0: Yeah, he didn't get all those goals by chance, did he? No,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, now, Cornish Jack's asked a, a question. The question he's asked is, how do you defend against the cross? Now, I suspect that he's asked that question, Andy, because Argyle conceded two goals against Charlton on Saturday where the defending against crossing wasn't brilliant. But on, on a sort of general sort of... Yeah, how important is it for a team to be well drilled as a defence? You know, as a unit, in, and stop crosses coming in and win headers. You know, in in your experience, what's the, what's the key to a team defending well? I
1: think it's hard work at the training ground mm. first and foremost. You know, I think everybody has to.
0: You ever come across Derek Adams, Andy?
1: Oh, only fleeting. Mm. You know, at a couple of Argyle Legend games, so yeah. I've met him and i just said hello and got uh, nothing,
0: no, no in-depth meetings uh, now. Because he's obviously known reasonably well up in the Highlands from his time at Ross County, who who he managed to get into the Scottish Premiership, which was uh, no mean achievement, was it? very grateful for what you did to the club. Now, obviously, you left Argyll and went to Blackburn Rovers and went on and had a, a very successful career. You know, what What were the career highlights for you after you left Argyle, Andy? Well,
1: not enough, to be perfectly honest. You know, um, I, I suffered with um, with injuries. You know, I picked up my first knee injury when I was about 19 at Plymouth. You know, I ended up having 13 operations on my left knee, which just made it very hard to, to get any... Um, Know, to get any rhythm in your football you know you you need to get fit and stay fit and then you start to, to hit form and then you maintain that and injuries really set you back and um, so you know obviously captain Manchester City the back-to-back promotions at, at, uh, back into the Premier League was um, will always be the highlights yeah. um, you know and he, making my debut for, for Blackburn you know in a 3-0 win against Wimbledon you know when you're you're playing with the likes of Shearer and, um, and players of that calibre
0: I think some of our younger listeners and we we do have a few sort of might have done a double take when you said that you captained Manchester City to -to back-to-back promotions. Now obviously City were a bit different then to the club now but that's quite a thing to have on your CV. I mean how do, do do you feel proud of the part that you've, the small part that you play but an important part nonetheless in Manchester City being where they are now? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. and it really was difficult, you know. And um, the, the, the obviously investment that we put in place was a long way off, and you know. But for that to for that to happen, they, they, they needed to be an established Premier League club, and you know. And I think the the, the players and the management from that.
0: So you go there on the match days and meet, meet, meet fans and things like that. Yeah, 20 years ago was that? 20 years ago. Wow, cracky. I can remember that was an amazing game, wasn't it? I mean, uh, that must be right up there in your career highlights, that one. It's nice that you're still connected with Manchester City. Um, they're, they're going for the for the quadruple. You know what? What do you reckon their their chances of, of achieving that? I mean, it's I an mean, unheard of, but I mean, it, you couldn't rule it out, could you? No, you can't. You can't rule it out. Um, you know, I think uh, there'll
1: be well odds on favourites against Watford. Yes.
0: So as you've seen City a bit, you know what everyone knows about Pep Guardiola, but any thoughts on what makes him so good? You know, you've seen City a little bit, you know what 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 does he do that that sort of separates him from from the rest?
1: Yeah, in football,
0: you know there the is there is no other Pep is He's quite unique. Yeah, that's a fascinating insight into to somebody who's such a such a star in in world football. Um, and Andy, just bringing it back finally to to Argyle, they're in um, a, a little bit of a relegation battle. They're they're fifteenth in the table, but just four points clear of the uh, the relegation zone with five games to go. Um, you, you'll have been involved in promotion and relegation battles. You know what's you know what? What? What does a team need to do in the in the closing five games? To apart from obviously win games, what sort of mentality, temperament do you need when you're you're needing a, just a, a win or two more to make sure you stay up? on behalf of uh, all our listeners thank you very much for giving up your time to have a chat with us it's been great to sort of reflect on your time at Argyle your career and, and, and what you're up to now so um, thank you very much and, and the best of luck for the uh, the Welsh Cup final on May the 5th thank you very much i enjoyed it it's been a pleasure thanks Andy well as I said to uh, Andy thanks very much for, for his company really uh, good to catch up with him and uh, I hope all you Algar fans uh, enjoyed listening to what's uh, Andy had to say certainly uh, interesting how close ties he has with Manchester City at the moment and uh, the fact that uh, he's had the chance to to meet Pep Guardiola and uh, you know learn a little bit of it of, of you know arguably the world's greatest football coach so um, fascinating stuff thanks to Andy for joining us um, before we finish um, we've had some questions on our uh, Facebook page our uh, goal chat podcast if you type that in you'll find our page um, be great to have you uh liking that page and uh, it's a way that you can ask your questions for for podcasts in the future. Uh, We've had a couple of questions uh, that I was looking to answer. First of all, from Dave Searle. Dave says, uh, does Adam Adams ever have a plan B? Taylor does nothing off the bench and we've only come from behind once this season against Coventry. Now, I think Dave's referring to the, the victory against Coventry at Home Park where... Ruben Lemire scored a couple of goals against his former side as Argyle came back. And yes, that is a worrying stat, isn't it? That Argyle have only come from behind once this season. And uh, it does mean that if you can see the first goal in games, it it makes life very difficult uh, for the team because they haven't got that confidence that's built up that they know they can come from behind. When you've done it three or four times, it's not too much of a concern. But when you know in the back of your mind it, it has been an issue and you haven't been able to do that, then it makes conceding that first goal even more important. Um, Dave mentioned, does Adams ever have a plan B? I think there was quite a few plans on the show, if I'm honest, uh, Dave, on Saturday. Um, you, you expected Argyle maybe to play four-two-three-one. 2 They started by playing in midfield uh, diamond formation to, to match up with Charlton, and it meant that uh, Ruben Limear has played up front with Freddie Ladipo, Carey you know, at the top of the uh, diamond, uh, David Fox at the base. And Anthony Sarsovic and, and Jamie Ness in the in the middle and, and, and as I said uh, in the first part of the podcast I thought that worked well for the first 40 minutes when things started going against Argyle in the second half there were a, a number of different formations tried Ryan Taylor came off the bench and uh, Freddie Ladipo moved out to the right I'd agree with you Dave that Ryan Taylor has struggled to make an impact coming off the bench this season, it's been a, a difficult season for him, he, he had a disrupted summer with the ankle problems he had at the back end of last season. He's never really got a regular run of games in the team. Then Freddie Ladipo's come into the team. He's got that central striker role. Terry Adams only really plays with one central striker up front. So Ryan Taylor spent a lot of the time on the bench. He hasn't been able to get a good amount of game time. And um, it's just not really worked for him this season, unfortunately. So um, I think when you're 2 nil down and you've got a Ryan Taylor on the bench, you're always going to called upon him, but it hasn't really clicked when he and uh, Freddie Ladipo have been on the pitch this season. So uh, uh, I think there was plenty of plans in operation on Saturday against Charlton. Uh, plan A worked well until Charlton took the lead, but then the, uh, the subsequent plans didn't really uh, lead to, uh, to any improvement from Argyle in the second half. And the other question, and it, it does seem to be a talking point at the moment, uh, comes from Michael Day. It seems to me it's time for Carl Leverin to take over. He had better, go- better results and less goals conceded when Carl uh, was fit and playing earlier in this year. Is it a coincidence or does he have a better command of his area? Well, you know, the, the stats are, are there, aren't they? You know, Carl Leverin came into the team at the end of December when Matt Macy was injured and goal went on a good run of results and Carl uh, and Leverin played well and kept some clean sheets. What was the upturn in, in results for Argyle uh, post Christmas? Solely down to him, of course not. Ryan Ruben Lamirez was a big part. The team as a whole played a lot better, but um, yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Leverin came in, was a settled back four, and, and things started you know clicking for Argyle. Um, Leverin was was injured in the two nil defeat at Sunderland on March the second. Matt Macy's played ever since, and uh, you know it's got to be in. Derek Adams is now, whether to make a change of goalkeeper. That's uh, you know not being unduly harsh on, on Matt Macy. Um, he's had some good games, but if you look at the stats, I think it's the last four games now that Argyle have conceded two goals in each of them. Now again, that's not all down to Matt Macy, but when you're conceding goals and, and you're not getting wins, then the manager is going to look at trying to tweak the defence and the, the rear guard as a whole to see if uh, things can tighten up. So, you wouldn't be surprised if Carl Leveren came back into the side, uh, maybe even against Doncaster Rovers away on Saturday. You wouldn't be surprised if Lloyd-Jones uh, got a go at centre-back. He uh, hasn't started a game since signing on loan from Luton, has he, uh, at the end of January. He must be championing at the bit to, to get his a chance. Do you put what, Jan Songo back at centre-back? Do you play him as uh, one of two centre-backs or as three centre-backs? There's, there's all sorts of options for Derek Adams and... Uh, I did the piece over the weekend on the Plymouth Live website suggesting that um, there's a number of options and now when, you're, when you've had the results that Argyll have had in the last few games, you know, you would imagine that Derek Adams is going to be thinking about uh, changes. So it will be fascinating to see when the, the team sheet comes out at, at, at Doncaster Rovers, the Keepmoat Stadium on Saturday, to see uh, what changes, if any, uh, the manager decides to make. So thanks to those questions. Like I say, if you've ever got questions for the podcast, go onto the Facebook um, page and feel free to put the questions there and we'll uh, do our very best to answer them when we can. So that's the podcast for, for this week. Thank you very much for your company as always. Uh, like I say, it was good to catch up with Andy Morrison. We've got a few irons in the fire on um, future guests, so we'll we'll bring you more details on that. And uh, watch out for the uh, Plymouth Live website for the rest of the week as we uh, build up to the away game against Doncaster Rovers on Saturday. So uh, that's all. Thanks very much for your company.